So welcome to uh, our outdoor service. It's a it's kind of a tradition now to have it on a rainy day. Uh, which, but here's the thing: is these kind of services are a blast. Like if there's any service that I want to be at, it's the one that's outside. Just it's fun. It's outdoors. It's different. There's a chance of rain, and uh, so it's kind of exciting in that sense. So I am I'm a big fan. I've been looking forward to today, and uh, probably next week as well. So we'll probably see rain Sunday. Uh, but so we're not going to hit First Kings this morning uh, because honestly, I didn't know how chaotic it would be, and the next text is really really good dealing with depression. And uh, so I didn't want to honestly waste the text if it was going to be rained out. And so we're going we're gonna to hit that uh, when next time we hit go inside. Uh, but for today, I wanna, I would, I've been thinking. So I actually never uh, scrap sermons and write something new on Saturday. I've never, I don't ever do that. Uh, but I did this week uh, because there's something that I've been thinking about recently uh, that I I kind of thought would be helpful. So I've decided I'm going to be more open about uh, just in my life in general, about how I'm feeling or where I'm at. Or, um, and so one thing that I've been thinking about, and this has really kind of grown since we've begun our prayer service on Wednesday nights. And it's, that, it, it's this question. Am I the fool here? And, I, and I'm being serious. I've been, I've been increasingly wondering whether I am... I'm the foolish one because I'm leading our church to pray to an invisible being when we all could be out riding our bikes and hanging out and having a good time. We're here this morning, giving up our morning, and we are thinking all, all the time. We're assessing our motivations. We're assessing our sinfulness and thinking and feeling guilt about that. Like, like is all of it worth it and is all of it for something fake? And, and I've been, so I've been wrestling with doubts, uh, in all honesty, just about our faith. And uh, <laughs> this isn't a weird, so I'm not going in a weird direction, don't worry. But, but, I, I, but, but that's been what's going on in my heart. Because I'm like, no, we're doing this, and I, I believe it, and I think it's right. But am I wrong? Like, and, and I've, been, I've been thinking about it. And uh, Tim Keller, who's a Presbyterian pastor up in New York, he put something on Facebook uh, this past week or two weeks ago. In which he said, um, when someone's dealing with the idea of leaving the faith or, or uh, dealing with doubts, he always asks this clarifying question in order to get at where their emotions are at or what they're thinking. And what he says is, this is the question I asked. You previously believed that Jesus rose from the dead. So what has led you to now believe that he did not rise from the dead? And that is one of the most helpful or clarifying questions for dealing with doubts because, because if you stop and consider our faith, if you stop and consider whether we are fools for following Jesus or, or not, if we're believing or not, it all comes back to this one event, a resurrection, a resurrection. Because that is the linchpin of our faith. So, like, if you've ever been at uh, one of those creepy uh, carnivals that would show up at a mall parking lot, you know? You show up at the mall parking lot, and they got a creepy carnival there, and they've got a Ferris wheel or whatever. And you're on the Ferris wheel thing, and you look up, and you've got a, it's got a bar holding your little cabin on. And inside that little bar 
is this one little pin. And that's what's holding your cabin on that Ferris wheel. And I remember the whole time, like we're, we're riding and we're up on this thing. And I get on the top and I'm looking at that little pin. And I'm like, if that thing comes out, I am plummeting to my death. And I don't know. I don't know that I trust the guy who was the inspector on this thing. And so like, that's like, like I'm looking at this. I'm like, that's the linchpin. That's what's holding my life together. Well, in the same way, the thing that holds all of Christianity together, your faith and my faith together, is the linchpin of the resurrection of Jesus. Because here, if he really rose from the dead, then everything is true and your faith is in the right place. But if he did not rise from the dead, then what does Paul say in 1 Corinthians 15? He says this, if Christ has not been raised from the dead, then your faith is worthless. You are still in your sins. Those who've fallen asleep or who have died already, who believed in Jesus, have also perished. And if we have put our hope in Jesus or in Christ for this life only, then we should be pitied more than anyone. Because there's a lot of people who are living out their faith for Christ, and it's led them to some dangerous places. And if we put our faith in Jesus for this life only, then we should be pitied more than anyone in the world. That's what Paul says. So the question to be settled for us as we wrestle with our doubts over whether this being is really out there or whether we're wasting our time with being looking dumb with our prayer services and asking for miracles or asking for God to heal things or asking for God to save people. If we're like all of it comes back to this question. Did Jesus rise from the dead? That's where it all comes back to. And John, I was reading in first John. Uh, go actually, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open to First Corinthians one. I haven't 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 told you where to open yet. First Corinthians one, verse eighteen. But before you get there, I want to tell you something that John told us, the Apostle John, who was one of Jesus's disciples. In First John one four, he was talking about people, this this thing that I'm wrestling with. It's encouraging for me as I'm dealing with doubts about my faith. He says this in First John one. What was from the beginning? What we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have observed, and what we touched with our hands concerning the word of life, that life was revealed. And we have seen it, and we testify, and we declare it to you, the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. What we have seen and heard, we also declare to you so that you might have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. What disciple John just said is he said, we have a fraternity. We have a group that we want you to come and be a part of. We have a prayer ministry happening. We want you to come and be a part of it with us. That's what he's saying. He said, and here's why you should. Here's why you should believe that this resurrection thing really occurred. He says this, I was there. I was there, and I wasn't the only one who was there. I was there, and I saw it, and I touched it, and I observed it. And I listened to it. 
And that thing, the teaching of Jesus and witnessing the resurrection of Jesus is the thing that I'm testifying to you about so that way you would also believe and come and join with me. This is Pledge Week. He says, come, come listen, come here, come be with us. That's what he's saying. So then, John is trying to settle the question of whether Jesus really died for us. And he does it by being a witness to what he really saw. And so we believe in the resurrection. This win. We believe in the resurrection of Jesus because of the testimony of witnesses who were there and who wrote their things for us. And John is one of those witnesses. That's why we believe in the resurrection of Jesus. So then, if our faith is in the right place, if that like it doesn't settle all doubts, but if that is the linchpin of our faith, even though we're wrestling with doubts, if we believe that Jesus really rose from the dead, that we can be confident that our faith is in the right place and that what we're doing is not wasting our time. But then what do we make of the feeling like a fool? Like, what do we make of that? Because at times I do like, like if I'm looking at like people who are just living their lives, if I'm looking at people like on TV, they're, they're just not concerned with the things of faith. Like, Sometimes I feel like a fool that I'm worried about these things all the time. What do we make of it? This is what I want you to see. Look at, the, look at the text in 1 Corinthians 1. That's what I want you to turn. 1 Corinthians verse 18. Because I'm wrestling with doubts as we consider our faith in relation to a, an unbelieving world. And in 1 Corinthians 18, verse 1, 1, 18, he says this, For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But it is the power of God to us who are being saved. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will set aside the intelligence of the intelligent. Where is the one who's wise? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the debater of this age? Hasn't God made the world's wisdom foolish? For since in God's wisdom the world did not know God through wisdom, God was pleased to save those who believe through the foolishness of what is preached. For the Jews ask for signs, and the Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. Yet to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God, because God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. Christianity, mm, that's dangerous over here. So I'm not under it, I'm up in front of it. Carlo, I'm so sorry, dude. All right, I'm gonna speed up, all right. All right, there we go. Here's the thing. Christianity, or legitimately, legitimately believing in a triune God, which consists of the Father and the Son who is sent to earth and the Spirit who then proceeds from them to live in us as a down payment for our salvation that will be fully realized when Jesus returns on a white horse from heaven. That is weird. Like, that is frankly weird. Like, if you think about that in the scheme of, 
a world, a lost and un, a lost and dying world. It does sound foolish when you consider that against our apathetic background, because generally people are just apathetic now towards the things of faith. And we sound foolish when we say that's the thing I believe. But listen again to verse 18 for the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, to those who don't believe it and who are headed to an eternity away from Christ. The word of the cross is foolishness. It sounds dumb, but it is the power of God to those of us who are being saved. By the cross, those of us who believe will find and attain salvation. It's the wisdom of God at work in our world. Look at verse 19. In verse 19, he says this, For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and i will set aside the intelligence of the intelligent why does sometimes our faith seem and feel foolish because that is how god set it up he set it up that way our faith seems foolish when you when taken against our unbelieving culture against all unbelieving cultures all of them across the world god meant it that way look what he says to the jews it was a stumbling block because Christ going to the cross was weakness. Who wants a weak God? It's weakness. He defied their expectations. And to Greeks, it's foolishness. Because he defied what a real deity should be like. A real deity should be like Zeus, who's powerful and strong. Not some like, who, who wants a God who's so weak he can't save himself from being executed by people? Who wants that God? And so that's what the Greeks, the Greeks are looking at it, saying, this is foolish. But God set up the way of salvation as the pathway of humility. The pathway of humility, of admitting we're unable to fix ourselves. That's what he's saying. And so for Christians, in the message of the cross, man, this is distracting up here. I know it is. But I want you to hear this. For Christians, in the message of the cross, the power and the wisdom of God is on full display because through the most undesirable and most pitiful event ever to take place, Jesus' crucifixion, we will be saved. It's amazing. And that is God's wisdom. That work in our world is going to be proved right. How can we be sure of this? Because Jesus rose from the dead. That's how we can be sure. Because Jesus rose from the dead. So yes, you doubter, be encouraged. Be encouraged because we are fools in this world. Because of the word that we believe of the cross is foolishness to a lost and dying world. But yes, be encouraged because we are supremely wise. We are supremely wise because the word of the cross is the power of God unto our salvation. So take heart and be encouraged in your faith this morning. Let's pray.